What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Ectoplasm Show. My name is Josh Hurd, and joining us is our good pal, Mr. Jason Koopsik. What's cracking? Rate and review us on iTunes. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. We forgot that last week. We did forget that last week. Not last. It wasn't last week. It was the news episode. Yeah, it was this Tuesday. Week. It was Tuesday. We forgot it. I blame myself. You were like, as soon as you I stopped did. the recording, you're like, fuck. I'm like, I totally forgot. Oh. Oh, well. Bonehead move. Way That's to okay. go. I forgive you. I forgot to. Well, I appreciate it. I'm going to. So, yeah, I got a little bit of a surprise today. What's up? Something I hope I'm going to try and start at the beginning of every episode we do. Yeah. At least um, every topic show. So, I was at thrift stores today. And yeah. I found this book. It was like two bucks. And it's called Pros It. A Book of Toasts is written in 1904. What? It was given to somebody for Christmas in 1907, has the inscription in there. But I thought I'd read one of the toasts, just a random one out of the book. That sounds great. Since we're drinking and all, we might as well start it off with the toast. I am drinking. Thank you very much to Big Rips. <laughs> so, yeah, this is under the miscellaneous category. It's all called right. Happy Days Gone By. All right. Happy the man and happy he alone who can call today his own. He who secure within can say, tomorrow do thy worst for I have lived today. Be foul, be fair, be rain or shine. The joys I have possessed in spite of fate of mine, not heaven itself upon the past has power and what has been has been and I have had my hour. Wow. Cheers. Cheers, Mama Jamma. Yep. I like it. So the new hopefully I'll keep it going, remember? Oh, it's a good idea. That's good beer. Sorry. <laughs> Speaking of beer, I'd like to thank Big Rip for providing the libations That's right. for our show. That's right. I am drinking Delta 88. I'm drinking the Kolsch. Right yeah, now. the Umbrella Kolsch. The umbrella Kolsch. Mine is an IPA. So thanks, Big Rip, for providing the beer. Everybody should go check them out. Absolutely, yeah. BigRipBrewingCo.com, <gasps> I believe, is the website. Oh, yeah, buddy. So what's uh, what's new with you, my friend? Um, it's hot. It is a little warm, and I'm loving it. No, I'm sweating my ass nah, off. I know, you're fucking weird. In my weird. studio like... with no air movement yeah. right now, I need to get a fan. Well, the fan would be too loud. I need to get an air conditioning unit, a window unit. I can run in here during the day so that sure. it's cooled off so I don't have to run it while I'm recording. Yeah. That's Wish nice. I could get one of those. It's not that big of a deal. I just haven't done it yet, so I'm sweating. I've got a ceiling fan rocking in my office right now. But I tell you, I would rather... I like the warmer weather. I know you enjoy, like, the cold, miserable months. I know that. <laughs> I can't stand that shit. I just don't like it. I would rather be hot. You know what I mean? No, I don't know what you mean. I love it. I just love it. There's nothing better. 
like then like a nice cool summer's eve where you can like put the windows down and just cruise your balls it's off. It's not cool out there. It's so nice. Not here. It, it's, it's about nice. to storm is one thing. There's a storm coming in about That's an hot. hour. That's sexy. so it's Storms are great. Storms it's are great. 81 degrees outside right nice. now here. That's perfect. No, it's not. It's in the <laughs> humid as hell. It is humid. I actually, actually I think yeah. hell is probably pretty dry. <laughs> it's a dry it's heat. It's a dry heat in hell. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, for me, it would have so, to be really moist. But they, <laughs> so you're not going to frizz. Moist. No frizz. <laughs> no. What a great word, moist. I know it drives a lot of people nuts, and I don't get I like it. it. I love that word, moist. My wife likes that word, too. Nice. That's even better. I'm going to, uh, I think I'm going to use that word at least five more times throughout this episode. Because why not? What are you doing? Yeah, why not? What are you doing over there? What do you mean? I was hearing banging. Oh, oh I just set down my bottle or my glass. Nice. Nice, nice. All right, buddy. Are you ready for this? I I am. <sighs> All right. So why don't you tell the good people what we're talking about? So I wanted to talk about instances where Bigfoot was removed yes. by the military or the government in some fashion. Hillary. Or even working with them. And I did find a good few stories of witnesses seeing the military remove Bigfoot bodies. But I also found a few that is direct, like, sightings from the military. Yeah. To add in there on the end. So, yeah, I wanted to talk about that because a lot of times when people talk about Bigfoot, they talk about Bigfoot alone. And if they want to get crazy, they can talk about Bigfoot with UFOs. But sure. not a lot of stories out there and not a lot of people talk about that the military probably has collected them. Right. Like, you know, everything else, I'm sure. I'm sure. I don't know why they would keep it a secret unless they were aliens themselves. Possibly. <laughs> That's a whole new can of worms right there. <laughs> but I tell you, like, the one thing that I always am trying to ask myself like in thinking about this show doing research and all that stuff it's why as a government or whatever why would they want to keep it a secret because they can derive either they can either derive some power by using said things possibly money money might be a big not that they would get paid by Bigfoot or aliens. Sure. Um, but they can research. And as far as aliens, it could get technology from that that they could sell to us. So I, I get it. I totally get it. And it makes sense. It makes total sense. Now, I don't know, man. Like, I, I do a lot of thinking, obviously, about weird shit. And... Uh, while I was at work today or whatever, I had I had a, a few moments of time where I I could gather my thoughts and I could think about certain things, such as this, such as this show that I knew we were going to be recording this evening. You know, 
And that was one of the big questions that I asked myself. Okay, why? If they do exist, why cover it up? If, in fact, the government is aware of their existence, right? But then another thought occurred to me. (laughs) This is so fucking stupid. (laughs) Uh, It probably isn't stupid. It could be stupid. It could be stupid. But, like, what if what we would consider Neanderthal man, right? What if the Neanderthal man didn't necessarily die off, go extinct, whatever you want to call it, or just um, evolve? What if they, you know, we as a human species evolved or whatever, but there's still these uh, Neanderthals or whatever, we're still around and were just simply kind of pushed aside where they would then, you know, inhabit uh, the woods and the, the swamp areas and things like that. Is this a possibility? I think it's a possibility. I think the higher higher probability is not necessarily that they're more intelligent. I would say that they would be they would have some metaphysical aspect that's sure. able to hide themselves from us. I would, I would definitely consider them the hide and seek champion of of the of the world at this point. Yeah, I think there would have to be a reason behind that, not just because we haven't run across one. Yeah, I would totally agree. Unless, I mean, some of the story, a couple of the stories that I pulled up were somebody shot a Bigfoot. They right. called, they called the cops, and the next thing they knew, the body was gone. Somebody came out and took it. But now these people are able to recall these stories as if they just happened yesterday because they lived it, you know? They're able to retell these stories. So it wasn't as if they were then brainwashed into thinking this was all just a giant hallucination. Like, they're able to to speak and to tell these stories. Right? Yeah. Yeah, they are. They just... I'm sure that the powers that be must think that, oh, they can tell these stories until they're blue in the face... Just nobody's That's going true. to nobody's going to buy into it. It's the um, oh the big lie of the simplest explanation is the most outlandish thing. I guess I would. Totally. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it does. It makes sense. Uh, as, as far as aliens, right? It's if you say, "Oh, I shook the hand of a of a gray alien," and he. Didn't probe me. You can walk up and say that to anybody. Maybe it really did happen to you, but nobody's going to believe you. It's the same with the ghosts. You have right. to be there. Exactly. And experience something paranormal yourself in order to really believe it. And that's why I always say uh, it's just a big location joke. You have to be there, you know, because unless you're experiencing it for yourself, you, there's no way to definitively prove it. Well, and we like to blame the government, but it's not necessarily the government's fault. It's people's fault, not, you know, not wanting to believe something. Sure. They just, the government enjoys that if they are actually working with aliens or know about aliens even. They enjoy that um, thought sure. of it being a crazy thought. Right. That they're real. Because in essence, I guess it is, you know, crazy. Kind of. I don't know. It's weird. Anyways, let's get into yeah. one of the stories. We mentioned last 
on the news episode, the Mount yes. St. Helens one. Which is Oh, amazing. I wanted to mention something before we got into the stories. Yeah. Shaggy was texting me. Yeah. When he was listening to our show. Let me go back here. Oh, you got it? Yeah, let me pull it up here. Pull it up. Pull Did it I up. mention before? What's that? Oh, he said... <laughs> Did I... Yeah, this was after we reported on Sunday night. So he said, "Oh, man, that question you asked. Uh-oh. What's up? Can you hear that? Hear what? I'm being called. I'm being called to Ramblings of a Maniac podcast. I can't hear you. No, I can't hear anything. Let me click over and I'll click back. That's fine. I'm just going to keep talking. So I tell you, this is what happens. So our buddies over at Ramblings of a Maniac are apparently recording tonight. It must be their night to record. So, so apparently they wanted to they wanted to talk to Jason. But now, while he's doing that, I wanted to tell this story real quick. Um, kind of in the same vein as what I was talking about earlier, like this outlandish stuff that goes on. Now there was a man. Back in 1924, who claimed he was kidnapped by a Bigfoot. His name, uh, Albert Ostman, claimed he was kidnapped by a large male Bigfoot. And this this is where it gets a little crazy. He was then taken back to their camp and held for a week before he could actually escape. He believed he was taken as an unwilling bridegroom for the Bigfoot's daughter. Now, this is where it gets fucking crazy, right? Why? Like, I, this is what I don't understand. I, I, do, I don't think I'll ever understand it. So, there are zillions and zillions of these stories where people are claiming to be kidnapped and almost used as, like, a sex slave. Um, let me see, let me read this here. It says this is just one of many stories where people believe people uh, have been kidnapped to be bred with Bigfoot. It's claimed that there is an area in British Columbia, hey, hey, where twenty-one people have disappeared. Now, no one knows for sure if Bigfoot is behind it, but many outdoorsmen avoid the area. Uh, it's the Pitt Lake area in southwestern British Columbia. That's the area that I'm talking about. 21 people have disappeared. And a lot of people are blaming Bigfoot. Sorry, buddy. I was talking about uh, becoming Bigfoot's sex slave. Oh. I'm dead serious about that. I, I clicked over. <laughs> they, I couldn't hear them. They could hear me, but I couldn't hear them. So, Oh. That's messed up. So, uh, Bigfoot sex slaves, huh? I was talking about the sex slaves. Just a little bit. Because there are a lot of claims out there. Of people being kidnapped and used as sex slaves. That's what I was telling our our good listeners. So. Crazy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know that that's what we're going to try to do after we get you abducted by aliens. Go donk a Bigfoot? No, you. (laughs) Get donked (laughs) by a Bigfoot? (laughs) By Bigfoot as well. I'm not good in the woods, man. Spoiler alert. Everybody out there, we want to make it into a series. Thanks, yeah. Shaggy, for the suggestion. We're going to get Josh abducted by any number of things. 
I think so. I think it'll be fine. <laughs> Anyways, you want to hear so. this story about Mount St. Helens? Yes, I do. In the late... Oh, this is a, a story that somebody wrote. So when I say I or whatever, it's not... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't know if it says that, but this is... I'm just reading the guy's story. So in the late 90s, early 2000s, a science teacher named Tom Powell picked... Oh, wait. Hold on. So he received this letter from, from someone... I was reading some of the stories about Mount St. Helen on a message board and wanted to share this one. I only ask that you withhold my name. I was a National Guardsman at the Mount St. Helen site, and this is the first time I have ever spoken about what I saw firsthand. I lived in Spokane, Washington, and was 24 at the time this all took place. I have read some of the other stories, and they only tell part of the story. I was placed on a special cleanup crew farther up the mountain. A large tent was set up, and it was to be guarded by armed soldiers who were not part of the guard. I wonder who they were part of then. Right. There were numerous soldiers on the scene and were not members of the guard. We were giving we were given a briefing by a soldier who said that after he spoke to us he would for, we would forget about him and that he said and what he said at the end of the mission. Okay, so yeah, I I, I broke up the sentence there, but is we would forget about him and what he said at the end of the mission. Okay. This was strange as we had never dealt with anything like this before. Myself and four other guardsmen were told to follow a group of soldiers and not to speak to each other and to remain very quiet overall. Shit. We were told to get into a jeep and wait. We sat in the jeep for maybe a half hour. Eventually, another jeep arrived calling a civilian and another member of the military. Or Sorry, carrying a civilian and another member of the military. The civilian was brought into the tent, and he emerged a few minutes later, followed by a large, hairy creature. It looked like a large man covered in fur, and the best way to describe it was like Beast from X-Men Only Brown. Oh, my God. The creature looked to have some burns and had a bandage on its arm. At first, we were afraid, but when it walked by, we could see its eyes, and it just looked very sad and somber. He climbed into the back of the pickup with the civilian, and the two were speaking in a weird language I had never heard. And it would cough at times. Smoke inhalation, man. Yeah. We We followed the truck to different areas. There were five total stops. Each time we stopped, we were told to follow the civilian and the creature. Each time we followed them to rocky areas where there were caves. The creature would make a sound and then listen. At the first area, he made a sound, and we all just waited in silence. After a few minutes, the creature looked at the civilian, then at the ground. The civilian at one point touched his shoulder and called for a canteen to give the creature a drink. What the fuck? Then something happened at the next area. But this time, there was a response to the sound. After a few minutes, two soldiers emerged from the cave carrying a badly burned creature just like the one with the civilian. The creature bent down next to it and looked it over for about five minutes. It then spoke softly with the civilian. 
It turned and walked back to the truck. We were told to follow as we were walking ahead. We heard a shot, and we knew that it was one of the soldiers putting the creature out of its misery. There were there was no response at the third, but at the fifth, there was another return sound to the creature. This time, it was different, and soldiers carried out a creature with a badly burnt left leg. We were ordered to all help get a very large stretcher from the truck and to help place the creature on it and carry it back to the truck. We then immediately returned to base camp. The creature was carried into the tent while the other creature and the civilian spoke. We were ordered to stay in the Jeep until we were to be debriefed. As the creature (laughs) returned to walk into the tent, it looked at us and made a waving gesture with its hand. (laughs) Like, hey, guys. Hello. We took it as a thank you for what we had done. By the time we were ordered out of the Jeep, we were all in shock. We were called over to an area to be debriefed, and it was just strange. I will never forget what was said because it was just not what was expected. I thought I would hear, you took an oath, and now you need to live up to it for our country with a great threat also implied a different high-ranking soldier said, Look, do you really want an explanation? You saw what we were doing. These creatures live in these areas. They mean no harm and what want to be left alone. Do you really want to do anything that may cause them trouble? Uh-huh. They are like us in a lot of ways. If you need or want to talk about it, this just wait about 30 years. By that time, there will likely be no reason to keep them a secret. That's this is well. That's bullshit. Because that's bullshit. (laughs) We were then ordered back to the guard camp because they were breaking it up, so nobody saw too much. So they were bringing other people in the next run. Sure, saw too much and knew everything that happened. We did not speak of it, and after a few months, I just took the attitude that these things live out there, and honestly, my life is no different because of it. I only bring it up now because people have been writing a lot about Mount St. Helens, St. Helen, and I believe that the whole story should be told. I will also like to say this. I like to camp and hike and have done so many times throughout the Northeast. Every time I would look for signs of these creatures, tracks, listen for sounds, etc., I never saw or heard anything other than what I did that day on Mount St. Helens. So what do so you this attri- implies what do you- that the government, at least yeah. the military in some form, knows exactly what these creatures and has a whole like set up. You leave us alone, and we'll leave you alone, and we'll make sure you're okay if the exactly. mountain explodes. Yeah, they're gonna like help them out, so they have a, a soft spot for these creatures, right? And it would imply that the creatures actually have some sort, some form of benefit well i wanted to say control okay but more like the creatures have some way of keeping the government from killing them or putting it out there that they're out there shit because the, the government wouldn't <laughs> the, sorry i was reading that eric sent me the thing uh the government <laughs> wouldn't keep them secret would exploit them at the very least Unless Bigfoot was holding something over them? Maybe. 
I, I don't know. It's weird to think about that. I, Unless they are aliens here to spy on us God for other damn. alien races. It's so hard for me to buy into that. You know? God dang it. I have no idea. Obviously. I have no idea. It's just hard for me to buy into it. It's hard for me to buy into any of this, really. Because I've never seen a Bigfoot and, like, walked up to him, shook his hand, slapped him on his hairy little ass. I've never done it. Never met one. You know? God. It's it's interesting to me. Especially, I don't know. Like, go back to what you were saying. He, he hikes a lot. The author of that. Um, hikes a lot, camps a lot, spends a lot of time in that area, outdoors, and every time he tries to find some form of evidence of their existence, he can't. What do you attribute that to? Are they just that fucking good at covering their tracks? I... They... I mean, really? I don't know. Because you can track anything. Right? You, you can. I mean, I've been living in the... Well, not living in the woods, but I've been going out to the woods my entire life. Right. I can tell where there's trails. Uh, different animals move through different areas, but I can't tell what kind of animal it is. Okay. I could learn that. I could definitely learn that. Sure. It's, it's something you can learn. What but about... Just because this guy goes hiking all the time doesn't mean that he knows what all the footprints are or right. cuz it, it it what it really all boils down to in tracking is the footprints which you can see what, in even like a like a plant bed and sure. you it's unless you know exactly what you're looking for you're not going to see it you know it's also like twig breaks at certain heights and different things like that right. i don't think just any outdoorsman if you saw one that would be different huh. if you saw a big footprint that would be one thing but still to track it yeah. that's a whole nother thing it'd be a bitch i think it'd be hard anyway i just don't know maybe somebody needs to start looking for like scat well they do that the one thing the one reason unless like around where we live yes. i don't think there's an, enough of them it all boils down to breeding Popul- populations yeah. And I mentioned that before, and unless they they're genetically different in the sense that like first cousins can mate with first cousins or whatever, <laughs> if there's no genetic side effects, right? Like we have as humans, and most other animals have, um, there's just wouldn't be enough around us to do that unless they had a way to hide themselves a certain way. Or maybe they travel to certain areas to breed that are, or they're just visitors on this planet, but I don't know why they'd be living in rock caves. I don't know. Maybe they come from inner earth. Oh, shit, man. And it's just teeming with them in there. That'd be insane. I, uh, They're the, the giants that live in inner earth. That's right. There are. So I have another one here. Okay. Bigfoot shot dead, but body disappears. What the hell? Um, This is a news story, so I'm just going to read it like a news story. Okay. The existence of the legendary Bigfoot is one of the world's greatest unsolved mysteries, but even after his reported death, he remains an enigma. 
Amid rumors, a turkey hunter has shot and killed the 10-foot beast. Damn. A, resi- a resident in rural Pennsylvania called 911 and claimed he had evidence the Sasquatch was real after finding a huge print near his home. Now, hundreds of conspiracy theorists have accused authorities of a cover-up after reports of military helicopters swooping in the area, possibly to remove the Bigfoot bot- Bigfoot's body, and the fact local police dismissed the footprint as a bear. So he shot this thing, didn't find it. Yeah. He could see it. He shot it, and then he saw the footprints and called 911, and then he was seeing helicopters, military helicopters come in. Ten feet tall. Ten feet tall. Damn. Thomas Rogers, who has followed reports of Bigfoot for 24 years, said this stinks to high heaven. I don't know who Thomas (laughs) Rogers is. All right. They clearly know something, but they are keeping us in the dark. With all sightings, we have to take them seriously, and this is no different. Sadly for us, until a body is found, the question of whether Bigfoot exists or not is still a mystery. The rumor mill started on May 14th when police took an emergency call from John Winesickle, the resident who found the footprint in Paint Township, Somerset County. A 911 operator tipped off local officers who agreed to investigate. Within hours, Pennsylvania Bigfoot Society received an email from enthusiasts who said he had overheard chatter on a police scanner huh. after an unidentified hunter claimed to have shot Bigfoot. Oh, so they were two different people. That's anyways. The message read: Officers confirmed that there was an unidentified animal shot and killed. Details are a bit fuzzy at this time. Just forty minutes later, the society received an even more bizarre email. It read: Hello, yes, this is legit. A strange report came over the scanner here in Somerset, PA, just a few miles from Flight ninety three Memorial. The message wow. also told of how a follower mo- monitoring a scanner heard police joking about the shooting claim. He said it was about 20 minutes later that they heard a police officer radio back and state there was a body. Wow. He said the next radio transmission was the officer or from the officer was call the center. The email also mentioned a large helicopter in the area. It added the sound was so loud it shook the house. So he went outside to look. It was then that he observed a formation of four army Apache helicopters moving in the direction of Somerset. The official police log tells how officers Christopher Swartz inspected the footprints footprints found by John Winesickle. He included they belonged to a bear. Wow. This is crazy shit. He said he could definitely, John said he could definitely tell the difference between a bear footprint and what looked like a Bigfoot human footprint. And he decided not to argue with the officer, though. See, and that's another thing. There are a lot of people out there that have the the casts, the footprint casts of Bigfoot. Mm -hmm. Do you buy into that, too? Like, do you, do you? I don't know because I didn't see them. I haven't seen right. anything like that. They do. They don't look like bears. They're definitely no. not. But they. I mean, what is it in Harry and the Hendersons, which Hell I know yeah. is just a funny movie. It's a great book. There's a guy walking around making the footprints. Exactly in that movie, I, I wouldn't be surprised. If there's people that make crop circles. Yeah. So 
I'm sure there's people out there making big footprints. Yeah, I know you can buy things online to go out and make big footprints. Yeah, you can. It's when you start getting the different ones and you can catalog the same kind of ones in areas over a certain time period, just things like that. And you have to have other evidence with it. Man. I don't know, bro. I have no idea. All I do know is it's so weird. Now, did you know that the Vietnam War is rife with Bigfoot sightings? What? In Vietnam? I got, I got a few quick things here about it, but we could do a whole show just on that. Wow. Uh, Bigfoot sightings by soldiers in, in Vietnam War on all sides, including some Russians. Okay. Um, so I, this I found on a forum. Here is another written account of the U.S. military encountering a Sasquatch in the Vietnam War by the U.S. Special Forces. Shit. Asian Sasquatch encounter in Vietnam War, Nagoy Rung. I, I'm guessing that's a city or a, a territory. Oh, wait, no, that's the name of the creature. U.S. Special Forces discover a dead Nagoy Rung in the remote Vietnam jungle. 1967 to 1968, A.D. Vietnam, Special Forces Operation Night Drop Encounters and Nagoy Rung. This is written out as like um, a report, so some of the things are going to repeat itself. No specific location given. It was a black operation. Okay. Told to Steve Williams on June 1996 by one of the people who claimed to be on that mission. While at an Army military police school, my brother-in-law, Craig Miles of Boise, Idaho, met a Vietnam veteran that recalled a low-altitude Special Forces drop in the interior of Vietnam during the war during 1967-68. It was the middle of the night. There were no villages for 15 miles. For a period of three nights, they were heard choking and gurgling noises. What? On the fourth day, they found the upper half of a decomposing Sasquatch-like creature that had been blown in half by something, not by them. This was apparently not the noise they had heard. It was due to its mate, possibly. This was the speculation that was circulating. They could see that its body cavity, spine, lungs, and such... All was crawling with bugs. There was shorter hair on the huge head. The eyes sunk back an inch and a half from the brow line. It had long arms. Very large and long fingers. One hand was still wrapped around a branch. It was clinching when it died. Damn. He didn't say what color it was, but he did mention that it had a flat nose. If the creature had its legs, the estimated height was around eight feet tall. There was no sign of a lower half of the body. They were able to see the teeth, all flat, well-formed molars, except the canines. So it's just like human teeth, which were longer and pointed. Yeah. Seemed adapted to living in the forest with long arms and fingers, or perhaps just builds night nests like gorillas do sometimes. So yeah, that's one of the reports from soldiers in Vietnam coming across this ape creature that wasn't really an ape. It's kind of amazing, though. 
that they were experiencing this shit. I mean, and that's one of the only times I've heard of anybody actually finding or witnessing like uh, like a carcass. You know, you don't well, yeah. hear about that. So it must have been fairly fresh. Yeah, I would say so. What the hell happened to the bottom half? <laughs> well, they were on a mission in the middle of the jungle. They're not right. going to it with them. No, I wouldn't either. <clears throat> Fuck I that. doubt they even had a camera on them. I mean, they want to carry not. the least amount of stuff they want they need to carry. For right. That kind of thing. It's um, amazing. So I teased you. What? It's just amazing. I love it. Yeah. I teased you on the phone about the Alaska Special Forces group. Yes. And I'll get into that one real quick. Okay. So here is the Alaska 11-man Special Forces training mission Class B encounter in detail. Nice. This is a BRFRO report. So in 1988, Alaska, spring, March. Okay. The team was flown by helicopter out of Wainwright Air Force Base in a south easterly direction for about an hour before dropped off in the wilderness for an orienteering exercise lasting several days. The location is north of Brooks Range and south of the region of the National Petroleum Reserve. Technically, the area is in the North Slope Borough of Alaska. Okay. It says, nearest town is not pertinent, which means there is no nearest town. Right. The nearest road, none. Oh, my God. Observed. In March of 1988, I was the team commander of a Special Forces A-team conducting a strategic reconnaissance training mission in Alaska. There were 11 soldiers on the team with a lot of special forces experience between them. We were wearing rucksacks and walking through deep snow in a wooded area with cross-country skis. As we approached an area where the woods were too thick to go through on skis, I decided to walk ahead on snowshoes with two other soldiers to check out the way ahead. After walking about 200 meters in the thicker woods, we came across a set of tracks that immediately drew our attention. The tracks were obviously on two of a two-legged creature walking through the woods on a course perpendicular to our own. Oh, shit. Human tracks of all kind are extremely rare in this part of Alaska, but these were particularly unique due to the length of the stride and the fact that there was no crushed snow on either side, on either the entry or exit of the holes. That means they were pulling their legs up straight up and down. You know right. what I mean? Right. You can picture that. Yeah. In the snow. It says, we stopped to investigate. When each of us took off our snowshoes, we sank into the snow to the depth of about two feet above the knee. Shit. When we attempted to take a step in the deep snow, we left an area of crushed snow to the entry side of the hole and then crushed the snow again upon taking our foot out of the hole to take the next step. Our feet made a drag mark in the snow as well, no matter how hard we tried to extract the foot without touching the surrounding snow. The best any of us can do was a stride between steps of about one to one and a half feet. Wow. The tracks 
we were looking at had a stride of over five feet. This thing was massive. Five feet. Between steps and left the snow on both entry and exit from the hole untouched. After discussing the rational possibilities for a while, I sent one of my men back to bring up the rest of the team. Between the 11 men on the team, we had over 150 years of combined special forces experiences in the woods all over the planet. They also had extensive experience in tracking of everything with either two or four legs. We all studied the tracks and tried to come up with a reasonable explanation for what we were looking at. Only one explanation seemed to fit everything we saw seemed to fit everything we saw, but it was not a reasonable explanation. Based on our group experience in tracking humans, we made an approximate determination as to the height and weight of the person who had made a tracks based on the stride and depths conditions in the snow. The group consensus was a two-legged person about nine feet tall and weighing approximately five to six hundred pounds was our best educated guess. With a stride of at least five feet. In the snow like that. Like okay. that stride can Here's, be achieved easily with running and stuff like that, moving fastly. But in it, the snow, yeah. But it was also, like you said, seemingly taking its leg straight out of the snow. Mm-hmm. Not disturbing anything else. I'm gonna pour myself another beer. I had to do that. Read all that. And it's only about. I'm only about halfway through. They actually see the creature. Wow. I believe. I believe. We'll get into it. <laughs> we'll so, get into it. <laughs> I then made a decision to set the training mission aside for a while and follow the tracks through the woods. Wearing snowshoes, we followed the tracks for about an hour before we heard it. Oh fuck! From somewhere ahead of us, in quite a distance from what we could tell, we heard the most horrific sound any of us have ever heard. Oh, God. Every other sound in the wood went instantly silent, and we could almost hear our own hearts beating. The only other time any of us have heard that kind of silence in the woods or jungle was in the last seconds before initiating an ambush. It was as though every creature and insect in the woods knows that something is about to die and they go silent for fear of self-preservation. Oh my God. After hearing the sound was a cross between a howl and a roar. My team sergeant, the most senior experienced member of my team, stopped me and said, (laughs) Sir, speaking for both myself and the rest of the team, we really do not want to know what is at the end of these tracks. Right. This was surprising to me that through all of our years of special forces, these men had never expressed a fear of anything on two or four legs. (laughs) Until right now. (laughs) I understand their consternation and agree to resume the original mission. There was also a general consensus not to discuss the incident with anyone upon our return. Mind you that we were on a training mission and did not have live ammunition so any eventual confirmation with whoever or whatever made those tracks would not have been without a great deal of danger wow our curiosity to know what it was that might that made those tracks was overcome by the reality that we would be no much 
a match for it. And more importantly, that we really did not want to know what was at the end of those tracks. Oh my God. Tracks in the snow are much easier to deny and ignore than actually seeing what made them. My soldiers and I were afraid of what we heard and saw the soldiers just didn't want to know. Yeah. So they didn't, they didn't actually see it, but there's a little bit more of this. The tracks stayed on the military crest of the ridge lines and in low areas as much as possible. The only times the tracks crossed a ridge line was in a saddle where it would not be seen. The thing was, the thing which struck us all was odd was that while the tracks depicted someone far too large to be human, whatever was making the tracks was moving through the woods exactly as one of us would have if we were conducting an escape and evasion. Wow. Whatever it was knew the land as it measured or maneuvered to bypass clearings well before they came into view and was making a concert or concentrated effort to remain unseen. I still think that the sound we heard was intended to warn us to back off and not follow. Probably. I have thought back on the incident hundreds of times and wondered how it would have turned out if we had proceeded to follow the tracks. There were there are pros and cons to both sides of the issue. As for me, there are just some things that cannot be denied. Since then, I have had a very healthy respect for Sasquatch. Also noted, there is no denying the tracks and what they meant. As for the sound we heard, it was like nothing any of us had ever experienced in all of our years in the various woods and jungles around the world. Wow. Yeah, there were 11 special forces that were trained to tell what these tracks were and they couldn't figure it out. Good God. Well, they could figure it out, but it it wasn't what they, you know, it wasn't a known thing. Right. Excuse me. My God, man. Now, you know, okay, as somebody that has been in the woods the majority of your life, right? Well, I mean, I've been, I I haven't lived in the woods the majority. I've spent a lot of time out in the woods. But it's fair to say that you prefer the woods, right? I do like going out and hiking, yeah. And I, I would love to live in, like, a little cabin somewhere in the middle of the woods. Hell yeah. So... Hypothetically, you're out and about, you're just walking around doing your thing. You're deep in the woods. You come across something 10 feet tall, hairy as shit, easily probably weighing in at 500 pounds. What do you do? You're 30 yards away. It sees you, you see it. What do you do? Other than shit yourself, what do you do? <laughs> um, Pull out the camera I, phone? Like, what do you do? I think that... Well, it's hard to say exactly what I would do because... It's like coming across any other animal. You would have to assess in the moment if, you, if it's a danger or not. Now, that being said, you can look at a cuddly bear... A big bear, and he can look cuddly and happy, but if you're going to walk up to it, probably going to get eaten. Aww. Or at least, like, pawed at and... Sure, sure. And, and whatever. <laughs> I think that if I saw that, I would probably stand there and 
wait for it to move first. That, yeah, I could see that. Maybe I could slowly back up, but I could picture myself not looking behind me and falling off a cliff or something. Right. Um, I I would probably stand there and let it move first. I, oh, I don't know what else you can do. I wouldn't want to turn my back on it. And I wouldn't... There is a thing to say about certain animals will chase you just to chase you because they see something and they want to chase you if you're running if you're running away from it. That sounds like a pretty asshole thing to do though. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to hug get back here. Right, right. I'd be like, "Yeah, so I yeah, I think I would just stand there and wait for it to make its move. I mean, what else? The only chance I would have is like to pull the knife off my hip and hopefully if it wants to if it's that tall and has that long of a stride i'm not outrunning it probably not i doubt i could hide from it it could probably smell me from a mile away because i smell like a human yeah especially if you shit yourself (laughs) you're not getting away from that so yeah i think i would stand my ground and hope for the best hope for the best (laughs) i don't know what i'd do I'd probably faint. There, I said it. Curl up in the fetal position? I probably would. It makes no sense to me. Why is it that I can go into creepy as fuck, dark, nasty, decrepit places actively searching for spirits? Okay, so let's put the parallel on that. You walk into a room there at the manor. Yeah. And the guy that was the raper... Is standing there looking at you. What do you do? It depends. Is he like licking his lips? I, I don't know. It's <laughs> just uh, an, an appar- a full body apparition standing there staring at you. You know, okay, so a full body apparition staring at you, that's like the holy grail for investigators. No, I understand that. But right. It, okay, so, so what, what I'm saying is in like, the room and you know. Yeah. You can't know 100%. Okay, so the little girl is standing in the hallway sure. staring at you. What do I do then? I, I do know. Do? See, I've thought about this. I've thought about that exact same scenario, especially concerning the little girl spirit in Malvern Manor. Honestly, I can 100% confidently say that I would talk. I would stand right where I was and I would just ask a question, you know? How are you? What is your name? Can I help you? You know, do you need something? See what kind of a reaction you get from that. You know, but that's it's totally different. Okay. So a ghost is not going to eat my face. Let's put it in a different a different perspective. So okay, that okay. little girl up there is not known to attack anybody or anything like She's that. Very you go playful. into a place. You, yes. You go into a place, and the story is, and you've heard other people having this encounter. Yes. There's a little girl in there that will turn into some demon-looking thing and come after you. That'd be a different story. Not necessarily even come after you. It just turns into an right. evil-looking thing and scares people off. Okay. So... At that and moment, you don't know if it's going to attack exactly, you. Exactly, exactly. But you don't know. So what happens then if you if you if you go into that I, place the ex- and the story is yeah, 
this girl turns into a demon and it, it stands there or what looks like a demon you stand there and it does that I what keep do you think- do with that moment it doesn't come after you right no I keep thinking there. of the uh, the ghost that w- on the on Ghostbusters the first scene where they're in the basement of the library and that ghost is just standing there and it's like shh mm-hmm. and then they go up to it and it like goes rah it scares the shit out of it because it turns into this weird like nasty looking thing um i would honestly though i would uh i would most likely take the exact same approach however while talking i might be taking a few steps backward if that makes sense yeah but what if it's slowly if it's, it realizes that you're trying to get away from it uh, see at that and point at that point I'm a stubborn ground, yeah. moved on see, okay. at that doing. point I'm a stubborn prick then you know what I mean like I'm I'm a stubborn asshole There's, anyway uh, so no it's hard to say what you're gonna do in any moment until you but get if I'm taking moment. right but if I'm taking like two to three steps backward I can assess what's about to happen anyway because is it now coming at me right you can yeah. pretty much decipher what's going to happen like you said some animals just fucking chase you to chase you it'd be the exact same type of thing where I would just become a prick and just stand there I might drop some duke like in the pants <laughs> it's very possible but I'm also a dick you know I'm kind. Of, I'm really stubborn especially when it comes to this stuff yeah so I got another one you hear about it do you yeah. have any no, I'm I'm sitting here like enthralled with these stories, man. I talked okay. about a, a Bigfoot sex slave. That's what I talked about. <laughs> so this one <laughs> happened in 2002 in October in Stone County, Mississippi. Mississippi. Workers with the USDA, that's the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Right, right. Encounter the carcass of a half-eaten dog while conducting timber survey. Uh-huh. There was an abundance of large tracks in the area. The anthropology department of a nearby University of Southern Mississippi was asked to send someone to identify the tracks, but was unable to do one was unable to at the time. The Hattiesburg Zoo was also asked to send a primatologist to the site as soon as possible to cast and identify the tracks. It is unknown if the zoo responded or not. Mississippi Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks was unable to provide any knowledge of what should have made the tracks. Wow. My dog is going crazy. Is that your dog? I'm like, I can hear it. Yeah. Oh, he's pissed. Your dog's pissed. Is everything okay? I, I don't know. It's in the house. <laughs> He's barking I don't, in, in I don't the know house. what's going on there. It's probably Bigfoot. Probably. Hillary, Hillary sent Bigfoot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All Bitch. employees of DeSoto National Forest were sent an email regarding the recent event. We were explicitly instructed to deny any knowledge of it and note to encourage anyone to hunt the creature and not, sorry, not right, to right. encourage anyone to hunt the creature that made the tracks and ate the dog. 
We were further instructed to stay clear of that area until further notice, although none of the... That's not... The mistype there. Yeah. The tracks were viewed by an anthropology graduate student from USM the day they were discovered, and they are described as resembling... Sorry. Resembling large chimpanzee tracks... So much so that all zoos were contacted within miles to see if one had escaped. Shit. The tracks had two large toes on each foot, like an opposable thumb, closer to the heel than the distal end of the foot. This toe was flattened and entropic, indicating that it was no longer served a necessary appendage, or as a necessary appendage. I see. The second and third toes also involved the taking, also evolved to taking the place of the big toe, which would have expected in a semi-bipedal creature. The word expressed to USDA employees was that the tracks were from an unknown and undocumented primate. The local sheriff department and the FBI sealed the area and removed the carcass of the eaten dog and made casts and took hundreds of photographs, but nothing of the findings or conclusion of the incident were ever revealed. The site was raked clean. Raked clean? Yeah, so they didn't actually witness it and they didn't actually find anything. Right. But what they did find made them cleanse the area, so to speak. That's what's odd about it. It sealed up the documents and everything. Huh. What do you think? I mean, the what... I'm, uh, it's in the vein of the Mount St. Helens thing. They're just yeah. gonna hide it. I mean... Wow. I. It's hard to tell what their motivation is of trying to hide the creature. I'm at a loss. I have no idea. Hold it. Can you... I'm going to pause it for just a second. I got one more story, but I got to go see what's going on with my dog. Okay, man. Yeah. So you're back. Yeah. Your wife's asleep in bed. My wife's asleep in bed. The only thing I can think of is... There's a ghost in your house. He, when, uh, he could, uh, <laughs> like, literally, he's just on the other side of the wall from me. Yeah. And I think my wife fed them. I'm sure she did. But I gave yeah. them the food, and now they have they stopped barking. But the other thing is, is one of my dogs, specifically, when we're not around, like, actively playing with him, yeah. we keep him in the kitchen because there's, a, you know, a tile floor in there because yeah, we do the same. pee on anything. Yeah, we do the exact same he'll thing. He'll pee on anything. Yeah. And we have to take him, whenever he's out of the kitchen, we have to take him out like every 30 minutes. Yeah, we... Anyways. We do the same shit. One of the doors going out of that kitchen goes into our dining room and the handle broke a long time ago. So it doesn't have a handle on it. So you just oh, have to push on it. Sure. So within like the last month, literally, he figured out that he could push that door <laughs> open. And I'm back here. Yeah. He'll push that door he'll open. Try. So like within the last two days, we've been putting like... If we're out here or whatever, we put something in front of us so we can't push it open. So maybe he was just pissed off that he couldn't get in there. <laughs> Other than that, I have no idea what he's barking about. So. That is crazy. Freaking crazy. Anyways, so I'll go into the next story. Yeah, I want to hear it. I want to hear it. So I have a couple here real quick. 
Um, so this was a residence, dead Bigfoot, LEO, other government agency helicopter, 2003, Duval, Washington. Seattle, or northeast of Seattle, a man's dog led him to a dead Bigfoot on his property. It had no apparent injuries. He thought maybe the dogs had scared the Bigfoot to death. Uh, The Bigfoot was seven to eight feet tall and weighed 350 to 400 pounds. He called Duvall police, but they never showed up. Instead, in about an hour, a black helicopter landed and men dressed in black came out. According to the man... Ordering, sorry, ordering the man to stay in his house. They put the Bigfoot on a tarp and put it in the helicopter. And then he reported it later to a website. But I mean, that would, well, you know, one of the things that would make Bigfoot more plausible, and I'm saying that and being an overall, I have to try to be skeptical on everything, is in fact that he is an alien. And they want to yeah. hide that fact. I mean, that makes that total give them sense. Cause to want to hide his body. I, yeah, it does make sense. So that was just a God quick story damn it! From- God damn you! Now I'm thinking more about it about the fact that he could be an alien. That's bullshit. Damn you, Koopsik. That's what I do. It's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> so here's another um, quick and. Uh, a story. I remember one report that some would howl hoax like wolves on a full moon night. Oh, this is written by somebody, by the way. I will paraphrase because I don't have it in front of me, but there was a Bigfoot report of a military chopper that went down in the forest someplace south or in south Georgia. As it goes... The two crewmen died and a squad from Fort Bennings, Georgia were dispatched to locate the site and secure it before civilian law enforcement or other curiosity seekers can arrive on scene. Right. The soldiers make the scene in thick swamp and heavy underbrush. It's nighttime, it's dark, and probably a little darker out there in the swamps. While approaching the smoldering wreckage, they pause when they hear pounding. Cautiously proceeding forward, they approach the site in time to see two or three bipeds on site. One is pounding on the wreckage, and one or two others are pulling a charred corpse from the twisted metal. The soldiers fired some scattering at the bipeds and secured the scene and radioed their exact location for a search and recovery group. Wow. Strangely, not long after the report was submitted, a strange second report was filed claiming the whole entire thing was made up. So... What? I mean, who knows? Um, that's the thing with all these stories. You can. It's the thing with everything in the paranormal. Right, you right. see a story that says... I had this happen, and then you'll have another person that says, I was there, and it was fake. So you, Yeah. God damn it. You just don't know who to believe anymore. That's the problem. You believe yourself when you see it. Exactly. And everybody else can piss off. Right? <laughs> well, I'm not going to be rude like you, but... I'm a dick. <laughs> 
I'm a dick. It happens. So I have a couple more things yeah. from Quantico. Yes. The military base in Virginia. Yes. I have a couple a couple of the numerous sightings of Bigfoot on base. Now this base I know of Quantico. I've never been there. I don't know a whole lot about it, but it's just outside of DC and it's like the first response militarily if anything ever happens yes. in DC. And they should know their entire base. I mean, it's the military, yeah. right? And the government. Well, it's also like one of the most secure bases yeah. as well. There's a ton of Bigfoot sightings on base there. On base. Yes. So fucking weird. Which would be weird because yeah. it's it's actually contradictory because right. if they're in Mount St. <laughs> Helens helping them out, that would go towards that there's numerous types of them. Exactly. Or some that they're working with and some that they're not, if they're both true. Or maybe they're different kind of aliens inhabiting the same kind of bodies. Right. Who knows? It's hard to say, but... God okay, damn so, it. <laughs> so back <laughs> in the 70s, my son and two nephews and I were scouting for deer for a deer hunt in Quantico Military... It's MCBs, but it's Quantico right. Military Base. Right. In Area 9. When a large shaggy animal ran on two legs across the field and into a pine thicket. We then heard a loud screamer howl. The kids were scared. I was astounded and we left with haste and never hunted the base again. No reports was made of this and still I am not going to be the subject of ridicule. I have 48 years experience hunting and have never seen anything like or since like that animal. I do not think it ever meant us any harm as it could have been on us in seconds it if it had wished to do so huh so, so it now he's just paying guys in the military now i don't know if now but i could see at some point they would let people come in and hunt right on the land right. if they weren't using it things like that i could see that happening okay um so it doesn't say if this guy was necessarily military, but if he's a hunter, like what I picture is what it could be is a guy in a ghillie suit running across the field. No, that's exactly what I was picturing before. But you would think that he would, he might think that because as well, because right. he's on a military base and. Yeah, and he's a, he's an avid hunter. Exactly, so and he's got he experience. Would be able to tell if it was an animal or not. Fuck for you, sure. would think, man. You would fucking think. I mean, there's no questioning what a human looks like compared to an animal out right. in the woods, right? Unless you're in a ghillie suit, but I still think that that, like I mentioned before on this show, a man, I believe it was in Texas, that was shot and killed. He was yes. shot and killed or ran yes. over because he was wearing a ghillie suit trying to scare people along the highway. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's another one from 1957 between the hours of 2400 and 0300 at Quantico Military Base, Quantico, Virginia, in one of the camps. The terrain was wooded. This is what was observed. While walking my post at night, I was alerted by a dog that was a pet of ours to a noise in the woods. 
I looked up and did not see anything, but the dog continued to bark and look in one direction. I then said to the dog to get to go get it. That is when I saw what she was barking at. It was about seven foot tall and had long, light brown hair on its body. I did not really get to see the features of the face. At first, I thought it was a bear until I started to walk away after I put a round in the chamber. Or after it started to walk away after I put a round in the chamber of my M1 rifle I was carrying. It was not afraid of the dog and did not move when the dog started to go to it. But it did respond to the sound of the rifle bolt. I often thought about what I saw, and I even asked some of the Marines that came to the area of, or that came from the area of Virginia. Yeah, they said they had never seen anything like that, and asked what I was drinking at the time. <laughs> After seeing a documentary about Bigfoot, is when I started to think of it. it was possible that there could have be different types of Bigfoot from different types of areas. So this guy, I'm sure he had heard of Bigfoot because even then it was a legend. Yes. Um, but I don't think that it was probably wasn't his first thought of what he might see. It wasn't until later that he yeah. thought, oh, this might be a Bigfoot. Right. Um, so it wasn't like it was in his mind. Like, that's one thing that I I think about when hunting ghosts or when people go out looking for Bigfoot. If you're looking for that and you see something that kind of resembles that, you're going to say, oh, Bigfoot. But this guy was not no. thinking that. He no. was thinking, I'm just going to have another boring night of walking my, you know, walk or whatever, my, my patrol. Yes. And the thing I might come across is some drunks having a good time. <laughs> Not Bigfoot. Not Bigfoot. Out there. Uh, same with the paranormal stuff. We go into yes. these ghosts, you know, into these haunted places, and we know the stories like like the little girl at Malvern. Exactly. If we see something up there, we think, oh, little girl. That's a good point. But Your mind automatically goes That's there. what that is. Right. But, yeah, that goes back to this guy. He doesn't. He he probably had heard of Bigfoot, but he wasn't sitting there thinking, "Oh, Bigfoot's going to come out of the middle of this military base." Sure. So, uh, let's see. He so says, weird. Dude. I was. He said it, the description of the creature: seven foot tall, long, light brown hair. It didn't make any sounds. He left Quantico in 1958 and never returned to the area. Huh. So, uh, okay, so I forgot about this. The My very last story. Yeah. And it, it has to do with Quantico, and it may repeat itself a little bit. I don't... Anyways, it's from Jeffrey Dortry, the guy that's speaking at the conference. Yes. He, um... I just came across this on Before It's News. He wrote an article on Before It's News about... Bigfoot at Quantico. Oh, sweet. So, oh, he shares, the, he, he shared this guy, his guy named Guy Edwards. He shared his, that guy's story. Okay. So in 1977, U.S. Marines were ordered not to talk about a Bigfoot-like creature. I haven't gotten any Bigfoot on camera yet, Jessica Shively, current wildlife biologist contracted by Quantico Marine Corps 
base in 2012. So does that mean they're actually... I'm going to have to look into that. Yeah, no shit. Yesterday... So this is the story. Yesterday, January 17th, 1977, the Dumfries, Virginia, Potomac News reported that U.S. Marines were ordered to not talk about a Bigfoot-like creature. The creature was known as the ASA monster. Leave it to the military to use an acronym. Right. Encrypted. Right. ASA stands for Ammunition Storage Area. So this this monster lives in the or is seen in the ammunition storage area. Interesting. The ASA happened to be where the hairy bipedal creature was seen the most. Okay. Wonder what he was wanting to do with those bullets <laughs> or explosives or whatever is there. Eat them. You can read an excerpt from the article below detailing the possible security classification of the monster. We called the ASA Sergeant... We called the ASA Sergeant of the Guard to determine whether there had been any more sightings or sounds in the area, but we're told that all information regarding the ASA monster is considered classified. Really? Why would... Why? That, that, that's interesting too. Yes, because, because why couldn't you just dismiss it right then and there? Yeah, because that means there there are yes documents. Yes, on it. exactly. Because if there wasn't, they would just say, "Well, we've never heard of anything." Yeah, like what that. are you talking about? Yeah. No, but they don't say that. When Sons asked why that is so, the guard answered that he was not allowed to answer the question. He later said the information is not really classified, but everyone at the compound has been ordered not to talk about the monster at all. John Green also mentions the article in his book, The Apes Among Us. Wow. Much has been written about the monster at the ammunition storage area at Quantico Marine Corps Base, but doesn't say what. There is a reference to one marine claiming to have seen a brown thing walking on two legs and other reporting what looked like a cross between an ape and a bear covered in long hair. Several people have apparently heard loud screaming. There's an update to the story. Today, the policy of silence seems to be lifted. On the official Quantico Marine Corps base website, they acknowledge Bigfoot sightings going back 50 years in an article about camera traps. Read the update huh. complete with code. Oh, so this is a link to. They actually have a Bigfoot lunch club there on base. Sexy. So that's something we'll have to look into in the future because I didn't pull that. That could be fun. So yeah, even on like military, it's all contradictory. I know. And it is. We can see that. Okay, these are military members, but they're just people just like us, and they're seeing things just like us, and it doesn't really matter that they're in the military, except right. for some of them, like the like the special forces in Alaska, who are trained to know what they're looking at. Yeah, and then we have other stories of actual people that just in like the guard, the National Guard, who. Yeah, they're military members, but they're not like the military military members actually called in to help this creature. Um, It's all... I don't think we answered any questions with this podcast. (laughs) I knew we weren't going to answer questions. You know, there's no way we could. No. There's absolutely no way. However, if you guys wanted to chime in on this, please do so. Or... 
if you guys have experienced Sasquatch, Bigfoot, Yeti, whatever the fuck you want to call it or whatever, please let us know. We want to hear your story um, and even share your story if you're if you're willing uh, to allow us to do that. Uh, 913-730-7255. You can leave us a voicemail, a text message. Ectoplasmshow at gmail.com. At Ectoplasm Show on Instagram and Twitter. The Ectoplasm Show on Facebook and ectoplasmshow.com. Like I said, reach out to us. We want to hear some crazy, crazy Bigfoot stories. This is, I don't know, man. It's nuts. It's absolutely nuts to me. But here we are. Here we are. Fuck. Crazy. Well, I think that when we try to get you abducted by Bigfoot, the first place we should go is Mount St. Helens. I'd, I'd love to do that anyway. Just to, just to see it. Like I said, I love to travel anyway and just see, see the sights, experience places like that. So I'd be all about it. Let's get me abducted, shall we? Go to ectoplasmshow.com and see our events that are coming up. Yeah, buddy. If you would like to donate to the possibility of getting Josh Hart abducted by anything... Right. Go to GoFundMe and look up Josh. Get Josh Hart abducted by aliens, and you can see that on there. And we have different reward levels, which will get you different items and different things. Swag. Even the possibility of being in the documentary if you want to donate a certain amount. Come help me. I can even... I will. One of the amounts, the top amount, is actually we will try to get you abducted in the documentary as well. Fuck, that would be awesome. Then I could yeah. take said person and just like toss them into danger while I run. <laughs> <laughs> totally joking, by the way. 100% scientific as I take another sip of my big rip Kolsch. <laughs> yeah, go check out big rip. Ooh, yeah. That was more than a sip, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) I slammed it. Damn, that's good. I love it. Tastes damn good on these warm evenings, my friend. Damn it. (laughs) God damn it. Jason's over there. He's like, I'm fucking sweating in places. I didn't even know I had glands, man. This is bullshit. No, no, it's not that bad, but (laughs) I'm still sweating. I need to get you out. Do you like baseball, man? We need to go to a game. We need to go. I need to take you out to the ballpark. I don't mind going and watching a game at the actual ballpark. We're going to go in the middle of the fucking day, though. We're going to go in the middle of the fucking day in, like, August. I mean, that's a whole new kind of sweating right there. Oh, I know that. (laughs) It'll be awesome. I used to work on 120-degree roofs. Fuck that. Uh, putting up shingles in August. So, I, so you know all about that. Other than that. You know all about that. That's good stuff. Hell There's yeah. nothing like your shoes sticking to what you're standing oh, on. No. And then having, having to redo that part of the roof because <laughs> your feet pulled up the shingles because it was so hot. God damn it. <laughs> Get all pissed off. Oh, my gosh. Cool shit. Well, I tell you what, we're going to wrap up the show. You guys have a great freaking weekend. Reach out to us. Leave us some voicemails. Leave us some love. 
We'll be talking to you all very, very soon. Peace out.